exactly one year ago, March 9th, 2020, I was bumping heads, hips, arms, butts with thousands of Argentinian women on a march that I literally ran into. The day was International Women's Day. The city was Buenos Aires. I completely forgot about International Women's Day because this was also my very last day of a two-week trip to Argentina. I had a flight back to the U.S. in just a few hours. However, after walking out of a famous coffee shop on Avenida de Mayo that I simply could not pass up before leaving Argentina called Café Totoni, I heard the drums, the chants, the screams, and music coming from hundreds of women dressed in all sorts of robust, daring attire, complete with green and purple scarves around their necks, heads, and hips. After asking some locals, I learned that the purpose of the march was to demand equal rights, abortion rights, and safety from human trafficking, amongst other things. I could not turn away. Though my flight was only a few hours away and I planned on retrieving my luggage from my hotel close by so I could hop into a cab to the airport about 40 minutes away, I found my body following the crowd of women, empowered by their vigor. I bought a purple scarf and I started chanting and marching to the beat, becoming invigorated minute by minute. I could only spare 15 minutes if I was to make good time. When we reached the end of the street, thinking this was it, this was the end of the march, I realized that this march had dozens of tributaries and offshoots from other streets that converged to the largest avenue in the world, Avenida de Nueve de Julio, right near the obelisk. Suddenly, I was bumping heads, fists in the air, swaying my hips, and taking selfies with hundreds of women from all walks of life. The march became an all-out parade with floats and dance shows and bands. It was quite the experience and very overwhelming. While dancing and, and, and ch- chanting and shouting and screaming, all sorts of, of rights and, and, and liberations for women of all walks of life, I completely lost track of time in the midst of this half-celebration, half-self-proclamation expression of pride and hope. I was so grateful to be there, however, but when I looked at my watch, I sadly had to rush back to the hotel in the opposite direction of the parade. As I glided, more like forced my way against the tide of people, I noticed more banners, more beats, more songs, more unique outfits, topless women, young women, old women, children, and a few supportive men. By the time I made it to my hotel, Rushed to get my my luggage and reserve my taxi. My taxi could not make it to me. The march had swollen to almost every side street. I ran back to the main road, the largest avenue in the world, and every single taxi driver ignored me, one almost sideswiping me to avoid me. I could not understand. I'm dragging a suitcase around and not one taxi wants to take me? When I finally found a taxi driver who was parked on the curb and would speak to me, he told me that apparently that day on International Women's Day, as women protest violence and equality, the taxi drivers decided to go on strike. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's just great. The irony of that was not beyond me. I considered getting on a bus, but that was too slow. I considered jumping on the back of a motorcycle, but my luggage was too big. I considered taking the subway, but it would take too long. 
I consider growing wings, but not in this lifetime. Just as I was on the verge of tears, realizing I would miss my flight, a very kind man standing in the corner asked me what was wrong. And in broken Spanish, I pleaded my case. As a local man, he was able to successfully flag down a taxi within seconds who apparently cared more about getting an airport fare than the strike, and I was able to hop on. Another irony on International Women's Day. Some pesos were exchanged between the two men, and I thanked them both profusely. I looked at my watch. My flight was in 1.5 hours. It took over an hour to get a cab alone. I pleaded to the driver to step on it. I had patience to take care of the morning in the U.S. after all. The driver tried. He really tried. Every single street he turned into to avoid the traffic suddenly turned into a bumper-to-bumper traffic or was closed off. It took an hour just to get out of the city center of Buenos Aires, but the highway was a breeze. By the time I arrived to the gates, my flight had departed. I was able to get a different flight on a different airline for a different time with a different layover, but I made it back to the U.S. safely with only a few hour rests before I saw my patients the next day. Little did I know, coronavirus started to pick up speed in many countries and spread faster than could have been predicted. This trip to Argentina, where I missed my outgoing flight due to the International Women's Day March, was my last trip in a very long time because essentially the entire world came to a standstill. I was devastated about my upcoming trips and conferences and plans and hopes and dreams, but of course, safety comes first. To make matters worse, weeks later, even my pediatric clinics were closed in Texas, while the hospital where I trained in New York was overwhelmed daily. I felt useless and helpless. I had to do something. I had time on my hand for the first time in a very long time, though I'm not quite sure what to do with myself. So I sat down and wrote the first line to my new memoir about my misadventures and harrowing tales traveling to almost 60 countries as a mostly solo Black woman who was scared of everything. Three months later, my manuscript, Solo or Not, Here I Come, was born, which shall be published in a few months. More on this to come. This podcast of the same name will vocally animate my almost 15 years of experiences of traveling the globe. I started traveling while teaching English in South Korea, then as a medical student in St. Martin and the UK, then as a broke medical student in New York, then while doing my pediatric training in Brooklyn, and now still as a pediatrician. I travel when I'm broke, alone, and scared. Why? Because I am in love with people I have never met in places I have never been to. I prefer to go down the unbeaten path to the least known corners of the world where no one knows my name. The results are endless tales of humor, embarrassment, life lessons, awe, and sometimes danger, real or imagined. My last trip in 2020 before coronavirus spread globally was in March, but I also took my mom to Portugal in January of the same year. I could never have conceived a virus putting the world at a standstill. This is ironic because whenever I find whenever I find a cheap flight anywhere in the world, if time permits, I just go. Why? Because who knows if I'll ever have the chance to go again. The country could be closed to Americans for political reasons, a major earthquake could wipe it out, or a global warming could sink it. So go now has always been my motto. And that motto has always served me well. Though I had a few more trips planned that were canceled later that year, 
My motto of going now allowed me to appreciate my last trip to Argentina even more. Nothing in this world is promised. So when things become safe to do so as the virus spread has slowed and vaccines are becoming widely available, if you have been thinking about taking the leap and traveling, remember, there is never a perfect time. I've rarely traveled at a perfect time, but I just went. So whether you can't find anyone to go with you, you don't have tons of money saved, you don't know where to go. You're scared of danger, racial profiling, political turmoil, traveling as a a solo woman, or an adventurous activity that you planned abroad, just go. This is not to say to not do your due diligence with planning and safety, but as soon as it is safe to do so, just go. The world is becoming more unpredictable by the minute, so just go. This podcast will highlight the crazy experiences I've accumulated over the years as a bumbling, bumbling, inept, and nine 20-something traveling the globe. Nearly 15 years later, I've learned loads and have tons of travel trips and tricks under my belt, but I still make grave errors and things still go wrong, as my missing my flight in Argentina will prove. The only difference that day, while sitting in the cab, slowly realizing that I'm definitely missing that flight with no guarantee I'll be back in the U.S. the next day, was that I was calm. I was disappointed, sure. I wanted to cry, most definitely, but I accepted what was. After two weeks of crossing off bucket lists all over Argentina, having the time of my life, I would not let the last few minutes in the country leave me in a puddle of tears. I didn't scream at the protesters holding up traffic or the driver who couldn't get out of the traffic jam. I just let the situation unfold. I tipped my driver well for letting me use all his minutes to call the airport. I got a new flight, I paid my fee, and hours later, I was on a red eye back to the U.S. That's what years of traveling has taught me. I'm a very slow learner in patience, very slow. But in travel, you need an overabundance of it. Come join me on my journey of what it means to travel the globe as a woman who is scared of everything, as I highlight a different country each week leading up to the publication of my book. In the meantime, solo or not, just go. You never know what's around the corner, literally. Thank you for joining me on my very first episode to introduce this amazing podcast that I'm so excited to share with you that I've been thinking of doing for almost a year now. And basically, this is meant to be a teaser to the book that I've written that has so much more uh, detail and um, descriptions of my tales and misadventures um, and some not great experiences as well of me traveling the globe for almost 15 years. Uh, I do realize that as a female, uh, black female woman traveling mostly solo around the globe, uh, we are definitely an underrepresented group. And I wanted to highlight the fact that those who do travel don't do it because we have an overabundance of bravery. Sometimes it's quite the opposite. I'm really quite scared of all my experiences <laughs> before I do them, but I do them anyways, because I don't want to miss out on what the world has to offer. So I want to serve as an inspiration and empowerment that if I can do it, you can definitely do it as well. And I'd like to share not just my inspiration, but also the tips and tricks I've learned along the way. So join me on this journey and I cannot wait to see you. And I hope you can hit subscribe at the end of this episode if you'd like to hear more of my tales. Thank you and see you next week on Solo or Not, Here I Come.